Hi, this is Nate. If you're on Spotify, you should go listen to the Spotify edition, which has the music included. If you're on another platform, you're at the right place. Let's get into this. My name's Aaron Hatcher, coming from SoCal with my brother. Nate Hatcher, who is also talking with Aaron Hatcher with almost the same voice. <laughs> yes! Hey, we're back for episode three of Aaron and Nate. Yeah, this is Aaron here, and I'm sitting here with Nate. I'm super excited because uh, today Nate is going to be introducing me to a band and song of which I have no knowledge. And I'm pretty sure not many people have that knowledge, so I'm going to kick it off to Nate. Yeah, I mean, this is something that came up when I was thinking about other Halloween songs because we're doing that, you know, we're doing October Halloween metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think thematically this has some, you know, is, is on key uh, yeah. for Halloween and, and it's a really interesting song. And I, I don't know that the genre really fits or like everything perfectly fits together. It's a little bit different, which I like. Um, but yeah. Um, Aaron, what are your, what are your thoughts going into this? Initial? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, the name Vulture Industries is the band. I've never heard of it. It it does sound a little Halloweeny, you know, a little, a little freaky. So we'll, so we'll see. But then again, I also know you and I know that when it comes to like, uh, horror elements that's not necessarily your cup of tea so i'm maybe getting a feeling that it might not be too scary sounding i don't know yeah we'll see so the song we're going to listen to is uh deeper by vulture industries it is their number one song with uh a million four hundred thousand listens so nobody knows the song well it's and not, that's not sarcastic literally. it's not crazy popular yeah. that's not popular at all yeah with that that means if uh a million people listen to the song one time, you know, or, or whatever, one or two times. That's that's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to, to get your take on it. Um, yeah, so again, uh, if you're listening on the Spotify edition, you this song will just play for you. If you're listening on one of the other platforms, you'll need to pause the podcast and go find Deeper by Vulture Industries. All right, we're going to be listening to Deeper, Deeper by Vulture Industries. By Vulture Industries. What do you think about that dope-ass song? Oh, uh, dude, I have a lot of um, reactions. <laughs> what um, Sorry, what did you think? I guess, I guess the... Um, my first reaction would be that that song was something that kind of the... Uh, the sum uh where the the sum total was greater than all of the parts individually oh yeah like if you're if you listen to that someone who's been making music since like the age of 12 as i was listening to that song it felt like every part individually was could be accomplished with um, my skill set like I go, oh, if I needed to record that guitar part, I could do that. Yeah, it wasn't if, if I, yeah, yeah, if I needed to record that drum part, I could do that. Even as like a basic musician, but it was like together they created um, something that is difficult to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. To where it like the song immediately pulls you in. Um, so yeah, this is like a great example of the 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 to- the sum total is greater than the parts, and I just I really dug the song yeah. yeah i love it because it has that 
like there's a definite like western influence and i don't even know if metal is exactly right like maybe hard rock it could go either way if you're trying to like genre pinpoint i guess yeah um but it was just like so uh captivating Mm -hmm. i think how as you're saying all the different parts fit thematically Mm -hmm. and built together to create a story both in the lyrics and Mm -hmm. in the music together right um and so yeah to me this is like one of those songs where i listen to it i'm like damn people need to know about this song it's a great song yeah and what's (laughs) kind of like a a, just like a um something that was interesting to me when i first when the song first started it reminded me of the muse song when muse got into this western sound where it was like it started with kind of like some western sounds and then it goes like you know yeah they have the the the, uh horse gallop rhythm yeah the horse gallop rhythm now that when i when muse did it it elicited oh yeah i have this kind of like western but it was like future it still felt futuristic because of sci-fi western yeah sci-fi aliens yeah because of everything involved (laughs) whereas with this song it was like it started and it felt like a western it didn't have the sci-fi element to it yeah but then the guitar kicks in Right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, this isn't going to be a folk song. This yeah. is like It's not going to be an actual song. Western. Yeah. Yes. Be, yeah, so yeah. that, I really, I really liked how the song tricks you a little bit. You yeah. know? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It, it, it puts together some of my, you know, favorite like metal elements with, I guess, some the old Western sounds. You know, you have the trumpet, you have the, the you know, as like a brass uh, backing parts of the song and um you also have was it like the vocal effect or the the there was some like i felt like they had some kind of like very soft um minor filter on the vocals or just how he did his voice was like it felt like old dusty uh yeah. you know kind of like you're thinking out in the badlands not a lot of plants just right you know, that might they may have done something with like the reverb on his voice to where it felt like yeah, not like a little echoey maybe. right like not in a like not you're, he's not in a recording booth he's out on the plains and he's going you know yeah. <laughs> another really interesting thing about his voice that I really liked was in terms of like voice quality mm-hmm. most most of us have heard singers just in live bands open mics uh you know music shows that kind of have as good quality as this guy's voice. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like knock your sauce off. He didn't yeah, I was like, oh, this is just kind of like a... But I think there's two parts to hearing a voice where it's average, where it's normal quality. Is it actually... In, if, if you, A lot of people who listen to music are aspiring musicians. Mm-hmm. And when you hear a successful band do a really cool song and the voice is a voice that you yourself could sing yeah you want to listen to that music more and more because you're like sing along with it yeah "Yeah, oh i'm as good as them if i really put my mind to it i could do a really really cool song yeah so there's that element which i really like um and then um the other element which i think is cool is i think just it really fit the um it it was like a western song right it felt like a western song and since his voice wasn't super high quality it fit kind of the the vibe of the song so again yeah. that's why it was the whole is greater the whole part the parts yeah because yeah. it was you know it was a little bit gritty it was a little bit like hey this dude doesn't sing professionally almost or you could imagine that mm-hmm. he's just sort of 
you know, pulled up at some sort of uh, honky tonk and like ripped that's out his guitar it. And kind like of... a big stage. It's all wood. That's why yeah. it's really reverby. People are kind of drinking, and he's like, crying. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's a little bit like a uh, almost like a, a a darker Johnny Cash kind of thing. I love uh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I really, I really, I really dug that song. Now, what's interesting about this, <laughs> this us doing this song right now here with on the third episode? This is the only band. This is the first band in song where I came into it blind. So, oh, yeah. So oh, lis- okay, listening yeah. to that, it literally, I listened to that song for the first time, and then Nate put the mic in front of me, and that's what you're hearing. Um, so I, I, I haven't, I don't know what the, I haven't really looked at what the meaning of the song is yet. I'm now looking at, okay, whoa, okay, wait, just real quick. Nate's pulling up, like, the picture that's on Spotify, and it literally looks like a, he has the, um, what do you call those straps that go around your shoulders? Suspenders. He has suspenders. He, and he looks kind of like a cowboy vibe. The colors are kind of like uh, Western. Uh, what is that? Sephora? Um, se- Sephora. Sephora. Sepia? Sepia. 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 It looks Sepia. Yeah. He's got like kind of like reddish rimmed eyes. He's screaming and he has a noose around his neck. So it really kind of fits. The- <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no. The vibe is there. Yeah, the vibe is, the vi- there. The vibe is there for sure. Um, another thing that I really wanted to um, kind of talk about initial reactions. I do think that maybe, um, I think, you know, just to be honest with the listener, I think maybe we should give the initial reactions and then I want to listen to it again, maybe yeah. one more time so I can form a deep opinion. Yeah. So do you want to listen to it again before we talk lyrics? No, I have one more thing I want to say. All right. Go yeah. On. But, uh, oh, I mean, yes, actually, I want to listen to it one more time before we talk lyrics. But there was something that happened there when they did the solo. Uh-huh. The solo came in with a... Yeah. You first off, you couldn't differentiate initially if that was a guitar coming in or a trumpet for the average listener. So that was cool because it was a trick when you figured out it was a trumpet, oh, right? Okay, okay. Which kind of kept to this rock trumpet vibe. However, there's a lot of musical history behind the idea of a solo trumpet. Uh-huh. Right? The solo trumpet is like a is kind of like a uh almost like a uh I had a professor once um, when I was in my music classes who uh, he apparently was like a composer on the, on the um, movie The Thin Red Line. Okay. And, his main, and this guy was an egomaniac. <laughs> an egoma- he thought he was the greatest. He had yelled at me multiple times in the class. Wow. Maybe I'll share some of those stories. And he had Just yelled. Just to motivate you as a student. To, That's yeah. how you knew he loved you? And it? he cussed me out. While I was in the oh, middle, he really of, liked you. While I was in the middle of recording an artist that um, was working re- directly with the artist Dido. Okay. So wow, I was recording yeah. an artist that had been flown out to this studio. The my recording instructor apparently had some in with Dido and was re- doing a favor. Uh huh. For this artist, I don't know if she made it or not. I don't remember her name. This is like over fourteen years ago at this point. Okay. Right, right. But I was um. I was recording it, and uh, I was recording it, and he, um, he, I thought we were just replacing this one part of the song, so this is back in the day when you, so I, I cut the tape, or I, I stopped the recording, 
between her break between one verse and the next and oh. everyone knew except for me that she was recording both parts of the verse i <sighs> thought was she was just recording oh so it got the first the part of the verse. yeah yeah and he had thrown me in a recording studio i wasn't familiar with uh. so the literally the keyboard layout was different i was using pro tools rather than logic i uh. was very good at logic but i wasn't familiar with pro tools uh-huh he said you better he said um <laughs> you better fucking get that mic back on right now or you're done. Oh, wow. It was like, it was like you're out of the studio, drive home. I'm over you if you fuck up this moment. Oh, my God. And I had never used Pro Tools. I was uh-huh. on an unfamiliar keypad. I probably had less than a second to get this thing rolling again. And uh, some part of my brain magically told me the hot key to start the recording again. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You had like, you had like so a... So he's, he's yelling at me. I look at him. I don't break. I don't break. And almost like as if I had planned it, I press the hot key right before she starts singing again. So it's perfect. Oh, man. Crisp. And he doesn't boot me from the chair. He lets me keep recording. Wow. But I, I literally... I would have been a little traumatized. I, I think that... Um, my uh, odor probably went from the warm, uh, nice odor of Aaron to like a wet dog. It's like stress level <laughs> Within 10, that 000. moment. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't break. I didn't okay. break. Uh, um, no, I have a stress odor. Too. Anyways, so that. Um, so the he, bugle or the trumpet, sorry. Yeah, yes. so he was, he was lecturing. He was tooting his own horn because he literally was a trumpet player. And he was okay. talking, oh, I got to cancel the class on Thursday evening because I'm playing with the Philharmonic because this trumpet player. That kind of guy. Um, yeah. And he, he was saying that the best way to elicit in someone's mind a sense of epic grief epic moment like the stage is set Mm -hmm. everything can either fall apart or come together people are dying or people are being saved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like that calm moment like saving private ryan when the beach is stormed the action has commenced and then everything ceases Mm -hmm. and it's silent and you're seeing the guy holding his intestines and the guy crying for his mama but the audio is pretty much silent at that point yeah that moment is best represented and is accessed in the brain, according to this professor, by the... Oh, the trumpet lead-in. That is it. So um, there was something really cool for me, how they kind of led into it. And I could feel, oh, this is important. Yeah. Well, if I'm remembering right, it's a lead-in into a lyrics change. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is the end of the song. The song. It's like See, the finale. That's what's so cool that I listened to it for the first time. I had it was just like the the musical um the music told me that. Yeah. I yeah. didn't need to understand. The music told me. Yeah, definitely. Whoever did the arrangement for this, uh, either they're really good at arrangements or they just stumbled into greatness. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it it could be both. Yeah. Um, it could be both. Another really interesting thing, too, that I was listening to was the, uh, I don't want to be critical because I loved it, actually. Again, another achievable thing. Mm-hmm. But as the drums in the song, <laughs> the whole drum section, the whole, the, and then the part with the fill, the fill, the fill was such a basic fill. I was like, this yeah. is like sample fill number three. Yeah. But he's doing it live, which is super cool. Right. It's, it's a it's like he's actually playing the drums, but it was like, oh, I, it literally I was reminded of 
an actual drum, uh, a drum, drum part loop that I had composed at the age of 14 when I didn't understand how fills work. Yeah. So I kind of would just stay in this like, like very simple fills. And yeah. it was like fill number three. So I thought when he started it, it was kind of the same idea as the other parts, but rather he stuck with doing this it's super just... basic fills, yeah. which then again made it feel like I can achieve this level of music with my current knowledge. Mm -hmm. I just need to become more invested or spend more time. So I really, really appreciated that. And I really appreciate when an artist is unapologetically allows something to be basic. Yeah. And it makes it better. Yeah. And it's, it's still, it's, in a in a weird way, you're, you're like, it's remarkable that it's unremarkable. You know, the yeah. song is so good in so many ways. Um, yet they almost didn't deviate from one of the more basic patterns that, you know, fit the theme and they yeah. just kind of like hit that. And so just to have that as, as a very, very basic, like non-remarkable sort of piece to this in total remarkable song, uh, is itself worthy of commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's really interesting too, is like one of every, everyone's favorite, I mean, not everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite simple band is uh, the White Stripes, Seven oh, Nation Army. Yeah, they're so basic. I... And what everyone loved about that song... I hate that song. Every yeah. kid, every yeah. kid could, could do it on the drums. Every kid uh, could do the guitar part. Yeah. I learned how to do Seven Na Nation Army on the guitar like as soon as the song came out. And I figured it out without anyone telling me how to do it. Yeah. And I'm sure every drummer figured it out too. But there was something about... That's another element we haven't touched on. Mm -hmm. It's not just that it's basic. It's that when you're a true, uh, well-versed musician, you can do something basic, but it doesn't feel basic anymore. Because it's, uh, it's being done in a way that is just uh, like touched with uh, the magic of it. It's like if Gordon, <laughs> if Gordon Ramsay made his, what's his famous dish, the wrapped meat thing in the bread he makes that famous dish that gordon ramsay makes the the, the, the meat thing the wrapped, beef wellington the beef wellington yeah i guarantee you that if he makes the beef wellington it's the beef, than exact it. same yeah. recipe as a really good chef makes the beef wellington you're yeah. gonna like his i i don't know but i would believe that i i well i mean i've watched i've watched a lot of reality <laughs> you watch a lot of reality. cooking shows yeah. and i mean it seems pretty consistent that anyone that tastes his food like uh they starts, just know they start to cry basically with how good his food tastes really? right yes so that's that's pretty cool <laughs> that man made a deal with the fairies or something <laughs> he made a deal with the devil yeah he's, he's the uh so I guess that that element of it is so cool because you can see that in this song that, yeah, they're doing these basic things, but it is like, oh, yeah, this might be a 4-4, this might be a Beef Wellington, but it was touched by Gordon Ramsay, and you can feel the difference in the music like you'd be able to feel the difference in the food. Mm -hmm. So there's just some sort of uh, love that's going into it. So I'm, what I'm gathering from you is you're saying this isn't as complex maybe as some of the other stuff we've been touching on, but it... It has it has the whatever the is from yeah. the good chef chef's kiss a good it has a good chef right. move yeah 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 and it. then yeah. um yeah I think that and then there's one other element I was thinking of um a oh, one more a oh, one more one more time da, 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 da. um 
Aaron's Aaron's gazing longingly at all the notes he wrote, which is an excessive <laughs> amount. Like literally, I don't know. This could be like his college thesis. No, I actually, I actually think I may have actually hit on. Oh, that was the one other thing I did want to touch on that I thought was really cool. How the um, the solo trumpet line uh-huh. it tricked you into thinking it might be a guitar. Yep. But then it did this longing, interesting kind of you know. Uh, non-original but interesting unique solo that fit with the song that then led into a solo guitar part that mm-hmm. was hyper simplified but again yeah. it was just really interesting and it was a repeatable solo they did like maybe three four times uh-huh. uh, in that part and then they kind of like flipped it up again and i just really liked the uh the element of the trumpets play with the guitar while being both simple and creating this uh, interestingness to it. And I'm wondering if they kind of have the same sort of uh, modality that Jack White has with the white stripes. Because if you've ever looked into Jack White's work, he's constantly trying to challenge himself. So for example, if he wants to write an original song that sounds cool, he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find the crappiest broken down guitar that's so difficult to play and it scratches up my fingers and I'm gonna do two notes on it. And I'm gonna figure out how to make a song out of this. Wow, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's that's that's an interesting thing because you know Jack White gets a lot of crap about his music, but it's oftentimes through him challenging himself, and that's why his music uh, appears so interesting, kind um, of fresh, and, and fresh, not, fresh all the time. And yeah. there's a lot of his music I don't really like, but yeah. a lot of it I'm like, oh my god, where did that come from? Yeah. So I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, those were my initial thoughts. I think I've hit every single. Uh, initial reaction. So apparently, it takes Aaron and Nate to two listens sometimes. Two listens. Yeah, yeah. no, no, that's fine. And on an initial uh, reaction, we I, can I, get. I wanted uh... to give a little bit more too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, and just because we're really kind of speaking about the the musicality and the sort of like the feel of it, and um, in my mind, how I was sort of analogizing, I think uh, this the feeling of the song. And, you know, I'm expressing it differently than you, but I think it's actually a very similar reaction, is that this song doesn't have a lot of complexity, but it has a lot of texture. You know, Love it's it. like, hey, this shirt is cut very simple, but the fabric just has a feel to it. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, it's not, it's not very, um, it's not like a crazy fashion show dress where everything's new and original and whatever, but the the fabric or the craftsmanship or something about it like feels good yeah feels good totally and uh just scratches an inch for me acoustically mm-hmm. when i listen to it because I, I can like i can feel that texture and it's just very um kind of has its own timber and and uh you know emotion and uh satisfaction yeah, you know, and listening to it. So yeah, as you're saying, as you're saying those things, it's giving me a call back to some of your previous descriptors of this, like Western, like an open desert. Yeah, like a honky tonk bar. Yeah, it's really cool when music creates that visual in your mind without words. Yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks you into the story. And yeah, really, yeah, and that and that's that's really cool that you said that because it reminds it, it. It's actually making me a little bit emotional right now thinking about it. That there is is um, something that you can play a couple of chords and have a little bit of texture on a song, and my mind and an entirely different person's mind will be imagining in their head a desert or a honky tonk bar. 
that's just so cool that the mind can do that when you think about the fragility of communication like you know our words sort of streaming back and forth between each other and sort of trying to create these same images i'm trying talking to you i'm trying to create images in your mind you know i'm reading a book and i'm trying to hallucinate whatever the author was thinking you know however you want to say it right it's it to me it's so astonishing especially um when you see the limitations the fragility of that just like how magical it is that we have that process you know that it is possible yeah i think that's what you're pointing out is that music is also uh, a way to communicate um and you know maybe there some of the constraints are that like we're operating in a similar uh, sort of base of culture that this person is oh, right yeah these i ideas. guess the cultural element would have to line up yeah, so there's like this person has seen some of the same westerns we've seen or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? They have. Mm-hmm. They have we sp- know that when someone does a, it's a western. Yeah, it means that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's like these, but this, it's still nevertheless like that. That may be the alphabet, but what he's communicating with the the chords and the the music is is sort of like a new sentence, right? And yeah. It's it's summoning to mind this whole, uh, visual representation of the soundscape and. Yeah, I, I think I think this song is one of there's there's lots of them, but uh, there's also not a lot of them. <laughs> you yeah, know, there's like lots of them, and that there's you know hundreds of them that I know. Right, about. but uh, there's it's pretty amazing that songs can do that and can bring you to sort of a different place <laughs> mentally. You know. Yeah, and this is really interesting too for me as well as you were talking about this, Nate, because mm-hmm. it reminds me about something that you uh, had created a realization in my mind maybe about two years ago. You were ta- we were talking about media these days and like how, wow, shows are so good. Like, I yeah. mean, right now, right now, currently, like House of Dragons is like blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something, too, where it's like if you learn the cultural references and all the little things that happen, whereas when we were kids, it felt like movies had to spend five minutes to establish things that were happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the oh, this setting. guy is dating this girl and his life is falling apart. The scene setting would take five minutes yeah. back yeah. in the day in the 90s. Right. Well, you had to scene set like, oh, what city is this? OK, let's do a really slow pan over with the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's when they roll the credits for the first right. three minutes. Yeah, so they're establishing credits. the scene. And, and then you have to like zoom into, oh, here's the bistro that he works at. Yeah. Oh, he's disgruntled with his job. His right. life's falling. It's just like, yeah, it takes forever. Anyway, yeah. Continue. And then what's pretty incredible in current media is maybe because of, you know, social media, Instagram, 15 second videos. In the progression of Hollywood and the evolution of Hollywood right. is you can now tell me the city and what's going on with that character, it feels like, in 10 seconds. Yeah. Right? So you don't have to use all, if you want, as a movie director in the arts, you don't have to use all this extra time setting the scene. You can just go, and you know you're in the desert, right? And you know what's going on. Oh, this is a poor town where there's a tumbleweed going by, and the guy's working in the bar. And you get it immediately. So it's just, it's kind of cool that this this music... um, does that and it's also really cool right now to think of how that ties into current media and how current media is so fun there's so much good stuff and a lot of it is because we're getting better and better at developing cultural shorthand yeah i think um there's a double-edged sword to this um one side of it is that our the, the, all the people who watch TV, right? If you watch TV, you or you you consume media. You know, you're getting 
sort of better and better at a particular language of a cult- mm-hmm. particular culture of language like i was talking about before like hey you know the culture cultural base between us and this artist mm-hmm. you know is uh the alphabet and he's using it to tell us a story right mm-hmm. but as we also know um your language uh sometimes can constrain your understanding right and so like as we sort of shift to more of a monoculture where you know it, it's sort of similar to everyone speaks english but doesn't speak their native language as right, well right you know i think as we shift to sort of more um hey the vast majority of the world has the same cultural alphabet has the same cultural shorthand um we're actually also losing some richness because yeah. we are uh because it's so easy for us to jump to a particular yeah. meaning, yeah. sometimes we miss some subtle differences. Yeah. And so sometimes I think about how I can help myself by slowing down sometimes if I, if I notice that something's different. I'm like, oh, they're using this. Oh, wait, but are they? Do they mm-hmm. mean it the same way? Is mm-hmm. it ironic in this case? Mm-hmm. Is it this other thing? Mm-hmm. Are they actually doing a callback to a different culture? Right. You know, maybe I need to understand some background on this as I consume media. Yeah. And um, I think it's a both end. It's, it's both like delightful mm-hmm. that we're able to communicate stories so efficiently. Um, you know, in the same way, it's delightful that I can write a book and there's yeah. millions and millions of people who could just read it and they would yeah. understand what I'm saying. Right. You know? Um, but I think it's also like, uh, a point of caution in that we are all sort of like conditioning ourselves to approach some of these cultural issues the same way yeah. or approach, um, certain visualizations or things that we see, um, and assign the same meaning to them. Right. So. Yeah, and there's something really interesting too that you're bringing up because history has taught this lesson of what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, each time is its own time. Exactly. Yeah. And what's really interesting is I'm thinking, okay, right? Um, you know, there's that old story of the Tower of Babel, right? Where oh, they fit, they they all have the same language, thus they can now build a tower that reaches to God. Yeah. Because we are going to build a tower that reaches to God because we can all communicate and we can all work together. So there's a beauty in that, that you can build a really great tower, but you can build a tower too tall, right? And so then there was a consequence, right? The, the, the story is now God is like, this is too much, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to break up by changing everybody's languages. So now nobody can communicate with each other, right? Yeah. So maybe there's something to that, that it's like, yeah, you can develop something beautiful that reaches to the heavens, but you're also losing something as well perhaps, right? Like you said, maybe an artistic richness. Yeah. And it's interesting that the, um, I mean, how old is that story? 3,000 years old, maybe, right? Yeah. Yeah, know. it's like a, it's a, an old story. And I, I'm sure there's other examples of, of that, right? Like maybe even, I'm sure if we looked into Rome, right? Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think each age is blind to its own problems. That's yeah. like a common trope and mm. sort of like, review of western literature you know back in the you know last 50 you know to 100 years it's like people are aware of that and i I mean it's what's somewhat shameful is i think a lot of people aren't aware of that anymore that like oh the the way things are right now the temperature of the water in our culture this particular moment is um 
makes since we're in that water we're blind to it we can't tell what's wrong with it Mm. you know and i think the only way or the best way through is just to have the self-awareness to have that little catch Mm -hmm. you know where you're like maybe the way i'm looking at this isn't the only way to look at this right you know maybe maybe the fact that i immediately think of you know the desert isn't the only thing that people will think of right you know right and and to i think that's what enables um well it both enables and sort of drives the awe of fresh artistic expression you have yeah. a new artistic movement right they're sort of breaking the cultural alphabet mm-hmm. in a sense of the previous one yeah and they're sort of trying to build a new one i mean that's like what our movements are right and then people learn that language right yeah it's like the beatles yeah. It's like the Rolling Stones. Sure, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. a new language. Are you in or are you out? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a, it's a great analogy because, uh, you know, when our parents heard our music, they're like, this just sounds like gibbering monkeys. Or, mm-hmm. This is noise. You know, noise. What, is it going to be noise. static by the time you're 30? Is yeah, that how yeah, music no, is going to be I, static? There's, there's <laughs> music that come, has come out recently that I don't get. It huh? sounds like noise to me. It's because I don't, I don't know the Right. Oh, you don't know the, the culture. Language. Like, yeah. kind of like... I mean, I guess maybe that's outdated, but there's the whole mumble rap thing that came up a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. It still is, I'm sure. I think it, yeah, it's, it's evolved. It's a continuing it's genre. It's evolved, and I actually like how it's evolved, and I actually will listen to that music sometimes. I really oh, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great if you're, you know, uh, doing anything that uh, someone of Generation Gen Z would like to do. It fits the vibe. It's good stuff. So if you're putting on sweatpants, listen to some mumble rap. Yeah, just, just put it up. <laughs> put on uh, sweatpants to yeah. go out and hang yeah. out with your friends at right. the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Let's put on some '90s jeans, which I love. And uh, and uh, oh yeah, I live for the '90s jeans. Let's put on some '90s jeans and not get haircuts. And I'm like, you're my people. I love you. Um, <laughs> I just got to do side part. That's right. Yeah, I was yeah. like, and it's what's also I don't know as we're talking about it. It is really <laughs> funny when I go to a bar and I I, and I order something. And then I look at my outfit, and then I go, oh, right. Uh, <laughs> those those kids over there that are 21 are looking at me kind of like how I used to look at the uh, guy walking into the bar with the uh, mullet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you sort of have dated stylistically. Right. It wasn't like I was upset at the guy. I was just like, oh, yeah, that dude's like 35 or whatever. Right? He was really into metal music in the 80s, yeah. you know? Right, yeah, and yeah. now I'm like, oh, wait. Uh that's what I look like sometimes. Uh, the culture has shifted. Yeah, so weird. So weird. So let's give that song another listen. I'm ready All to right. go. Let's do it. How was that? You seem pretty affected. Uh, <laughs> through rock and compact earth we toil. Sore, bloody fingers dig through soil. Like ghosts shine from the day. Inch by inch we make our way into the dark depths. We heard it's calling. It's like a, oh, oh, together. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a we that's happening. There's a community. And it was like the uh, the entrance chant that we could already broke down was almost like a calling to join in. Like, boys, all of us, right? All of us. We have somewhere that we're to go together right Mm -hmm. we're struggling right through dust and stones called blood calling bone 
to claw our way a little deeper, right? Mm -hmm. Together we go, Yeah. right? As a community, we're pushing forward. We're struggling to survive, right? Well, yeah. I think it's... I think it's open to interpretation whether it's to survive or it's something else deeper or darker. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely a goal and maybe there's a chance we're going to fail. Maybe this is all going to go to shit, but we've chosen that this is our struggle because we have a common goal to achieve. Yeah. There's, there's that struggle. And then there's also, and this is why this came up as like one of the possible Halloween songs for me, this sort of uh, uh, otherworldly, you know, kind of magic in the song. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. called. They hear it's calling. They hear it's calling. Um, there's this one bit where, oh gosh, they call from hell, unbreakable spell, to claw our way a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So it's like where they're they're getting sucked in somehow. Um, but it's also not just this external calling force, but something inside of them that's answering. Yeah. By our own hearts, curse to press deeper still mm. uh, is one of the lyrics. And so there's this sort of calling and then this answer. <laughs> I'm seeing like a almost like this song because it has that cowboy the cowboy feel is. yeah feel yeah, yeah. i didn't cut you off did i no go okay yeah this song it has that cowboy feel i'm almost imagining in my head like you know when the uh the man comes into town and calls the posse hey every, we gotta get we gotta go there's or there's know, a like, hanging happening yeah something like that right or maybe it's something like Guys, we need to get a group together. There's gold in California. Let's pick up the there, let's pick oh, up the yeah. crew and we're going, right? Yeah. We're going. And as we all know about the gold rush, what was it? Like only 2% of people were successful? I don't know. We think of that time in history as something of, oh, the gold rush, everybody's going and getting gold. No. The 2% wrote the history books, right? Yeah. Everybody else died. Everybody else ended up being, you know, having Ah. a little bit of farm, being a peasant, being, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah, spending all of their money. Yes. So there's a a chance for failure. But I almost want to, this song is, it's, it's calls you with an, this is the breakdown for me that really got to me. So mm-hmm. now that the emotional impact has passed, it's like, here's the call. There's something we have to do. There's somewhere we have to go. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to get there, but we're going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's pulling us gold, gold. Maybe it's greed pulling us. Maybe it's good intentions pulling us, but something is pulling us, pulling us towards this, uh, uh, something that, that could happen and, and we, we want it. Right? And then there's the switch, right? And and it was like, it was at, you said it, there's a switch that happens when the trumpet call occurs. The moment we talked about of saving Private Ryan, of silence, of everything is different now. Yet onwards, forward we go, by our own hearts curse to press on deeper still. This is the moment it switches because at this point in the song, lyrically, it was saying, we heard the calling, mm-hmm. but now it says lost. Yeah. Well, there's a, I think that there's an end that you're pressed forward to in this song because 
we want to, we hear the calling, our eyes are fixed on the end. Uh, one and all, we will depend upon the promise. We heard it, we heard the calling. So again, like, yeah, that, that getting sucked in. Mm-hmm. Um, to the promise. By, yeah, and then the, call, the sort of calling being reflected in our own hearts, by our own hearts, cursed, depressed, on deeper still, lost. And then that, yeah, that's what we're talking, saying. We're lost mm-hmm. until we get lost. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's the the very end is almost is mournful in my mind. Yeah. The sky is gone. Yeah, you know, sort of like we went we went too far. Mm. We delved too deep. Right. You know, whatever it was. Oh my God, no. <laughs> yeah, to tie it into cultural reference, it's it's the they dug too greedily and too deep. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that's such a perfect kind of example of this song. It was like success, gold, success, gold, success. You know, we're amassing an empire, and then there comes the moment where the dwarves dig too. We they delve too greedily and too deep. It's almost like this is literally the story of dwarves now. <laughs> I mean, it, could be. So it honestly could be. They could be into Lord of the Rings. But I, I just I wanted to say one thing for me that was really striking. Yeah. In terms of like, yeah, we can break down. Oh, it's like the dwarves. Oh, it's like we are together going somewhere and we have a goal and then it's not achieved and we're lost. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you tie in those lyrics with the um, musical element of it. And I wrote it down like this. Um, here we are together. Now we're lost together. Now we're alone together. Now uh. we have no hope together. And what's more human than being in a world with seven billion people yet feeling alone? Well, I could say I definitely experienced that from time to time. Yeah. More than I want to, for sure. Yeah. There's this, uh, when I was like about, I had this friend when I was about 13 years old tell me that his dad gave him this really interesting piece of advice and the advice is we're all alone when we close our eyes Ugh. it hits a little bit huh yeah 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 I, and I, yeah, yeah i think that's why this song it, it hit me so deeply right because there is that element that I struggle with in my life. I do have a wonderful community around me, but so often I feel alone, mm. right? And it isn't, there's no, there's, there's not a thing anyone can do for me, right? Because it's me who feels alone. I can open my eyes and I know there's people that are gonna be there if I want them to be there, but I'm the one still feeling alone in those moments. I don't experience that in the same way you do. Yeah? What's it like for you? I mean, I, I think for me, like, I uh, feel a sense of peace. Whoa. Because, like, my firm and strong belief is that, you know, in the end, God will make everything right. So I know that's that's different than you, but like, I, I do kind of close my eyes at night, and I may have my worries, I may have my anxieties, I may feel lonely, mm-hmm. I may be sad that I'm alone. Um, but I don't have, I have in the past, but I don't have most of the time. Um, this like existential dread. 
you know, like the universal dread, mm-hmm. which I, I think is part of this, what this song is calling yeah. the life, you know, right? I, like, I think about yeah. the otherworldliness, you know, and to me, like you talked about like gathering the posse, to me it's, it's much sort of weirder and darker than that. It's the, it's the zombies almost <laughs> clawing their way through earth. Like they're sort of, they're, they're almost not even human anymore by, because they're so driven by their desire. Yeah. Um, I, unbreakable yeah. spell from hell, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I almost was thinking about how this would be culturally relevant, how I feel of us as a society. Mm, yeah. Us as zombies. We're, as a society, we're almost zombies. Yeah. And it's like, is our technological progression and our cultural progression actually going to benefit us? Right? Not it's if all, it doesn't address the right. humanity inside right. of us. But it almost feels sometimes like, to me, like, okay, we're literally being pushed to the matrix to worse. Like, two generations from now, we're going to be just plugging in. And life will not be better. Yeah. It's almost like this it's song. The sky is actually gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have the goggles on your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that will become actually a valid option after nuclear winter or whatever. You know? Yeah. Like, you're like, why would you? Well, there's an economy in there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there, I'm sure there's, there's going to be literal metaverse jobs, right? Where, oh, hey, I'll pay you this amount of money if you attend my metaverse shop and have real social interaction or this or that or, hey, you know, there's going to there's gonna be those opportunities if people are spending enough time in there. Well, I mean, for me, that's a, that's the kind of like default output of capitalism is that whatever can be monetized will be monetized yeah so the more of human experience you can control with technology the more of human experience you can monetize right it could literally be something like a company that's a non-profit opens up a shop that has really cool skins and they say we employ people in third world companies to attend our our shops and those people that have to attend the shop have to program in individually each article of clothing and if you're super cool and you have the label that shows that you helped an underprivileged person in another country when you're walking around in your metaverse that'd be crazy do you see what i'm saying like it literally could become a full-on economy yeah i mean that's obviously the call the the uh, idea from zuckerberg why he's like i'm gonna invest early like, before the technology is really there. I mean, it's kind of there, but it's not really there. It's yeah. not a pleasant experience yeah. for people. But that's what the metaverse is. It's his early play to try and establish dominance. Yeah. And if he's establishing dominance, you can tie in that same idea that I was talking about almost within terms of, like, spaces of land, right? Sure. There can be spaces of land within the metaverse that have these cool features. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can get free land out there, but it's, like you kind of have to program or develop your own metaverse for your property. Whereas maybe you have other ripe opportunities if you choose to buy that uh, little, little real tea space within the city. Anyway, this is a whole tangent. I actually yeah. really, it was enjoying the uh, philosophy let's, aspect let's of this. Hop back and I had, so yeah, I, I, uh, there's almost like where you were talking about how for yourself, you don't have that sense of existential dread because there's hope, or not there's hope, there's a belief and that, um, that, uh, that, that ultimately in our direction, it doesn't end in nothingness, it, it, it ends in, you know, like, uh, 
eternity or yeah, heaven or yeah, some so. kind of reward. So for me, it was, I, I, I love that. And I want you to break up on that. But for me, I was also thinking like, there's something that I also have that you, like you may have a sense of being able to close your eyes when you go to sleep and feel safe. Mm-hmm. But with my existential dread, I also feel with on the other side of that, I also have maybe a sense of uh, freedom that you may not feel. Right? Yeah. So, that's all, so it's just an interesting thing I was thinking about. Right? Yeah. I, I think that the... I don't know if I think of it in terms of reward. I know that a lot of Christians do. You know, the term heavenly reward or something like that. I think, to me, I don't think the story's about me. Um, that's kind of a deep part of my spirituality is that mm-hmm. like that what's going on it's not about me like I get to be a part of it but it's not about me yeah and the the thing that's happening that's not about me but instead is about the whole universe is that both justice and mercy will not be denied mm-hmm. somehow in some way that I don't understand uh, because I'm very limited the universe will eventually be consumed in justice and mercy <laughs> and uh, it's pretty vivid language but i think that it is uh representative of sort of like the cataclysm that you know people uh you know for example the book of revelation in the bible you know speaks Mm. about um and how people also feel about how you know at some point uh there is this dread what you know how is it going to end the sun's going to go out you know Mm -hmm. there's like there's Mm -hmm. everybody has these these feelings of um we live inside of something that's limited. It's not a forever place. I don't know if that's exactly right. Maybe it's just mm. that I don't have a forever time in this place. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so like part of my, like, I close my eyes and I'm not just feeling existential dread is not because I particularly feel like, you know, tomorrow's always going to be better. I'm not, I'm not quite that optimistic although I, I do hope that mm. um, but it's that like sort of in the end the universe will be uh, turned into some sort of completely just and completely merciful place yeah um, yeah no I love that I love that I, I love what you're saying and I love how kind of like you're you've kind of uh, developed this uh, whole way of being that matches your religious faith and it's a beautiful thing I, I, it really is. Thanks. And I appreciate it. And something about you is that you live it. I know that about Nate. Like the, the <laughs> you literally live, you have these ideas and you don't just have them. You have these ideas and you live, live to them. And this is kind of what's kind of funny, just kind of uh, culturally to me. Because as you were talking, I was kind of remembering. Last night I watched um, the movie Captain Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, we talked about Lord of the Rings. Aragorn uh-huh, is yeah. the father and Captain Fantastic. Yeah. And his daughter says, um, well, okay, because they're in they're in a cafeteria they're they're at some location and you know if you don't know the story the 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 family's isolated from society thus they now are entering society and they're looking around at people and um they're like what's wrong with everyone they look sick because they're um they're uh you know they're like american right they're fat they're yes. they're overweight or yes whatever yes and they're like 
every person in this family is like an elite Olympic athlete. Yeah, they've all been like yeah. so, climbing, rock climbing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. So this little girl who's like five years old is like, Daddy, what's wrong with everyone? Uh-huh. Like and and he's like well um and he's trying he's like such a level headed explaining it to his daughter and then her, the two daughters start like making fun of them, fun of the the people okay and 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 then the oldest daughter says stop um we don't make fun of people right daddy and dad goes yes we we don't make fun we we don't make fun of any we don't make fun of anyone like okay. kind of like a, that's not what we do yeah and then the middle daughter says. We don't make fun of people except for Christians, right, Dad? And then the dad, the dad kind of like side angles his eye and smirks, and that's the end of the scene. So as I was thinking, I was like thinking about your, your faith and how um, many people like to take pot shots on Christianity because of the kind of the extremes of it that are exposed in society. Oh, and but, also so there, there's so much that is just like, culturally christian but absolutely in my opinion like evil anti yeah anti-christian there's a lot of anti-christian things like uh health and wealth yeah that poses christian the whole health and wealth christian agenda is literally anti-christian yeah it's the exact opposite of christianity yeah joel austin fuck you (laughs) fuck you you think that's christianity fuck you totally fuck you Telling people that you will get money in riches on this earth. Like right now, if you give him money. If you give him money and you follow my faith, fuck you. Yeah. So that's my opinion. And that's why people make fun of Christianity. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I I could rant on this forever. Sure. But but I kind of wanted to wrap this up with saying when you meet someone who has genuine faith, real faith practices what they preach, it becomes beautiful again. Oh, right. Thank you, man. So I just really appreciate what you were saying. Um, yeah, I really, I really appreciate what you were saying. And there's, there's, uh, there's a, there's another, there's another. I'm kind of getting a little bit like I have some feelings Aaron, about this right now. Aaron is super animated throughout this, by the way. Just so you know, like I, I got to describe this man is gripped. He is gripped by what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm feeling things right now. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just this whole thing when I, um, when I'm, when I'm working with my clients, some, sometimes my clients will be at a place in their life where they are like, everything's meaningless. Yeah. Everything's meaningless. Yeah. They, they hit that, that end point. And yeah. when they hit everything's meaningless, that's the part where as a clinician, you get really scared or nervous. Sure. Right. Yeah. But one of the, for me, I've hit that place of meaningless in my own life a lot. And that place of meaningless that I, in my own work, have arrived to um, is that if everything is meaningless, you know what? That means I have the opportunity to create meaning. Yeah. If there's nothing looking out for me, I now have the power, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I now have the power to create meaning and I get to choose what's important to me. I get to choose that I'm going to mm. be there for family because I choose it, not because a religion's telling me to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I get to choose that I'm going to be compassionate and kind 
It's my choice to create that meaning that that's important to me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's incredibly powerful to acknowledge that you're a creator. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really interesting in that point you made, because I come from a similar background, I know this whole idea of, uh, in Christianity, if you ascribe to it, um, Nate's thinking that, hey, we're created in the image of God, which is a creator. It's almost like there's confirmation that we get to create our own meaning, that we were created by something that creates. creates. Yeah. I I mean, Aaron Aaron, uh, did foresee that point coming up, uh, as it was in my mind, that it's part of what God has made us to be as creators Mm. because he made us to be like him. And so this whole idea of, um, you know, Adam naming the animals and then also us kind of like needing to be self-determining. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm like very firm on the free will side versus determinism um, is that I, I sort of can't imagine God being determined and I also can't imagine us being made in the image of God and not having that power to self-determine uh, or you know, free will specifically. And so when I think about almost like the purest expression of humanity, it is as a creator. It is as, as people who build and make and not, not just buildings, but also mm-hmm. like these meanings, these experiences, these relationships you know the it's profound and deep and experiential yeah i um when i listen to you talk about this and you know there's a it's there's almost in me a sense of like god I, i i love what you're saying i love the beauty of it and i agree with what you're saying and i wish i could think the source was the same source you believe sure and yeah but you know i'm not uh yeah, we and can be brothers and you know, <laughs> differ. Well, no, I know, I know. That wasn't my point. Yeah. I guess my point was more as like I see a, bl- a lot of beauty in what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I believe we both think the source is different, right? Or yeah. I think the source is natural selection, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that the reason there is all this beauty in the world is because for whatever reason, the universe um, is guiding us in some kind of positive direction for whatever reason, evolution is guiding us in progress. And that's a really cool thing. So it's like, I, I, it's like in that in which everything is beautiful, there is benefit. Thus there is a likelihood for it to naturally be selected through the process of evolution. So to me, it's almost like it's just as beautiful that it just happened because of the universe and the way that the laws of physics are that we are ones to create. Thus we are, the humans with self-awareness on this earth. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually did my college thesis partly on that. I don't know if you know that. I had no idea. That <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that I you did I did my college thesis, thesis on, on evolution and uh, sort of like places where we can observe that evolution probably doesn't explain our reasoning ability. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like, it, it, you know, philosophically it was basically... Uh, trying to understand how evolution interacts with um, if you're a strict reductionistic uh, 
naturalists, so meaning there's no spiritual guidance at all. Yeah. Like what kind of what kind of outcome do you get mm-hmm. as far as how your mind works? Yeah. Um, and I don't really want to go into that because I think it'll distract us from like the true thing we're we're talking about. But yeah, I I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but I actually think that uh, evolution is a process that was designed by God to be part of how we get the what did Darwin say? Uh, infinite variety, most beautiful, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not actually anti-evolution. Isn't that isn't that interesting? <laughs> is that, that weird? <laughs> is, it's it's kind of interesting that we all we both love you. We both really respect it. It's that's that's freaking cool. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, there's there's a there's a there's a lot here, and I do want to get into it. I do think though that for we, should we drive back to the song because I have, I think I have a, a like a final po- talking point. Okay, song let's get that yeah, out. let's drive to the final talking point, and then I think we're gonna then discuss that a little bit, and then I think we got to play us out. Oh, we gotta play us out. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm gonna miss. Uh, I'm gonna miss our time here. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to wait until next week. I guess I think to talk so. more. Right. Um, but yeah, I think my final point is when I listen to this song, and I've listened to it a lot. Um, one of the one of the things that grabs me is this absolutely intense uh, desire that's like a gut desire. It's not an intellectual desire. It's not like courage or emotional even necessary mm. necessarily. Although there is emotions involved, it's mm. much more base. It's like a stomachy kind of like Ugh, yeah. drawn. I'm sucked right, in. Right. And to me, actually, this song is. Uh, I don't know if it's intended to be, but it feels very uh, poignantly apt as a descriptor for addiction. Oh, whoa. So you're getting like sucked into this thing until the sky is gone. Whoa. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different angle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a whole, it could be, I mean, that's a great, a great uh, analysis of it. It could be definitely because that is what addiction feels like, right? We kept getting you know drawn you get to drawn this thing. in there's something inside of you that answers but the isn't call. isn't that it though isn't that it greed can become an addiction oh yeah no no substances not, can become I an addiction i don't think right? this is yeah. this is a uh, it's actually a this egg is, on our previous no it's not an egg it's, it's an like expansion. a it's a it's an expansion parallel yeah running yeah. right alongside it yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely because uh, and i i don't know that there is a, such a thing as an addictive personality but i do know i've struggled with my own mm-hmm. you know addictions and uh, or addictive behavior and just that like there's something in the song that captures that 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 gut pull mm, right that mm-hmm. thing that makes it like you're you're kind of you feel sucked in mm. and even though it's kind of gross you know your sore bloody fingers mm-hmm. you're clawing through mm-hmm. soil mm-hmm. you are um you feel lost mm. once you get to some point like you just keep going until you feel lost mm. you're taking your chances with hell is mm. one, of the, one of the lyrics um, and you're just trying to get a little deeper, right? It's mm-hmm. not it's not this like suddenly you take an elevator car down to hell. Yeah. It's yeah. you're very slowly scraping your way there. Yeah. And um it just it, that very very powerfully pictures part of the addiction journey for me, which is uh just that yeah getting kind of sucked in and you having to mm. you know you're struggling with it but you're also struggling to get further in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah it's a but nice they, dragon they, to chase yeah 
Yeah, but the end, the end is the end is you're 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 going to hell. Yeah. Or you're, you're, literally in the me, in the metaphor of the song. Yeah. You're, you know, you're you're trying to dig your way down to hell. Wow. Yeah. Dude. That's great. That's yeah. good, great analysis. I really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, no, and it's true, and it's true. It's, uh, it's how much of you know. There's a there's a there's a therapist that I was working with with a while for a, a while that oftentimes his view of addiction wasn't so much like oh you're addicted not addicted. It was more like it was like we're all at different levels chasing different dragons with different things, right? And uh, a healthy person is someone that understands that. Um, I'm going to have one cocktail and that's okay. Let me give the dragon a high five. Someone that can give those dragons a high five. You can, you can tell the earth, five. but you shouldn't dig your way, your way to hell. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, it, and he was like, how's that for rethinking addiction? And I was like, fuck. So it's really more about finding balance than it is um, I, don't, I can never see the dragon in the distance and run after it. Right. Because there is something beautiful about that dragon. It's almost a part of society. It's almost a part of adventure in some ways or in others, right? To at times entertain the idea of a dragon, but then realizing that that dragon's going to kill me if I get to its cave. Yeah. I mean, for me, like the true key to unlocking addiction is truth and mm. not just truth and like somebody told me, but like it, like it totally permeating your subconscious and your heart yeah where where all of a sudden you realize like oh yeah it's okay for you know speaking of the alcohol thing again Mm -hmm. like it's okay for me when i have one cocktail that's not going to hurt me by itself but the truth is this is a substance that's addictive to me right and if i keep going it will hurt me and kill me yeah you know that if you go to the alcohol dragon you're going to be off on that journey chasing it until you get to that cave yeah, I'm, I'm right. I, I, yeah, so I'm, whereas for me, yeah. I give that dragon a high five, and then I'm like, "Ow, man, my skin kind of hurts." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. burned. I don't want. I don't want to be around you for a little bit. Yeah, you know. I think that if you're using the analogy of the song, it's because I've already dug that hole pretty deep. <laughs> it's easy for me to get get back easy to where to I was back in. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already I've already dug the, the alcohol yeah. hole uh, close to hell. Yeah. Well. Um. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I we could keep talking on this forever. I do have to go. And it's so oh, unfortunate. It is so I literally have a couple things that I want to continue to dig into, but I think that you know, I'm going to have to wait for the next episode to talk about it, and maybe there's one or two people out there that are also going to want to wait for it. So I'm yeah. having a real good time. Who? How do you think we should play us out, Nate? Or do you have any last comments before you play us out? No, I mean, I, I think that, uh, again... I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here. Fantastic song choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree. I'll pat it. I'll pat it. I'll pat it as well. Uh, but it's just, uh, yeah, I love, I love this song. I love the Western vibe. I love the, the Halloween kind of, you know, Cthulhu call vibe. Um, and I, and I think it's, it's poignant and powerful, even if it is relatively simple. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I was so happy to get a chance to talk yeah. to you about it today. Thanks for yeah, thanks absolutely. For and I guess just I guess like I want to say one last thing. Before oh, you, you we're gonna add it more. Oh, yeah, sorry. It. It's just I, I really. Um... <laughs> oh shoot! <gasps> I had it, and then it literally left my mind just then. So all right, it must it must be, it must, it must be, be next episode. It, it must be, be very episode. very important for that. Oh, okay. I 
apologies to those. I had gotten some feedback that certain people were wanting more information on like the bands and where they're from, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. ran out of time for this band Vulture Industries, but believe it or not, there's very little information on this band. So, um, what are they, yeah. are they Swedish? They're Norwegian? What Nor- is it? They're Norwegian. And I guess to, to, to just like, before we play us out, I'll leave the descriptor of their band, um, that they have. And really this is the main information. Vulture Industries, Bergen, Norway, Dark, heavy rock vistas bent and twisted into living entities embodying the width and breadth of human emotion. Yeah, great emotion. Very poetic. Yeah. Exactly what you expect from someone who writes songs like this. Yeah, I love it. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Nate, I will appreciate you you playing us out. Take care. All right, bro. Have a good one. Bye. We are going to be listening to Supermassive Black Hole by Muse to close us out. This was the song we discussed as the uh, sci-fi western. Um, This song was um, released in 2006, and I think most people of my generation are uh, will (laughs) remember this song and will call back to uh, maybe high school, maybe college. But um, enjoy. Enjoy.